Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. When we listen to the scripture readings for this weekend, it seems like they're pretty eclectic. In the first reading, we have the Israelites going into war against another tribe. In the second reading, Paul is focusing on sacred scripture and how it must be interpreted through Jesus Christ. In the gospel, Jesus gives us this parable about this dishonest judge. And so what are we to make of this? How do these readings all blend together? Well, they do. What we have to do is turn to St. John Chrysostom. St. John once said, All of sacred scripture must be read and understood through the lens of Jesus Christ, himself as well as his death and resurrection. I'll give you a great example of that. Remember the story on the road to Emmaus? These two men are leaving Jerusalem. They witness Jesus' death. And now they're hearing stories that he has risen from the dead, and they don't understand it. More to it, they don't understand scripture, and how is it applied to Jesus Christ? Well, Jesus comes up to them, and he asks them what they're talking about. They tell him. And then it says, Jesus opened their minds to interpret all of sacred scripture, from the time of Moses to the present time. Well, see, that's what St. John is getting at. In order for us to truly and properly read Scripture and understand it, we have to read it through the lens of Jesus Christ. And see, I think that's what Paul is getting at in the second reading. Paul says, From infancy you have known the sacred Scriptures, which are capable of giving you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All of Scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching. Here, Paul is telling us the exact same thing that St. John is trying to teach us. In order for us to properly understand Scripture, we have to read it through Jesus Christ. Now, with that in mind, go into the first reading. It begins to make some sense. What's happening right now? The Israelites are making their way into the promised land. But is the promised land for free? No. The Israelites have to literally fight for it. When the Israelites come into the promised land, they realize that there are tribes there that are already existed, that are living there. What do they have to do? They have to conquer these tribes. Tribe after tribe after tribe, they have to conquer them in order to obtain the promised land. You know, there's that story of Joshua. His army surrounds the city of Jericho. Then they blow the trumpets. Suddenly the walls come tumbling down and they go into the city and sack it and take it over. Well, that's what the Israelites are doing now in the first reading. Now they are battling Amalek and his tribe. Now, when we go into this first reading, again, we must read it through the lens of Jesus Christ. The first thing that we can take from this first reading, God is with the Israelites when they are in battle. How do we know that? 
because it says Moses carries the staff of God. Now, this is no ordinary staff or walking stick. It is the staff that God himself has given Moses. And what does he do with it? He raises it up with both of his hands. And as long as his hands are raised up, the Israelites do well in battle. But then when he drops his hands, maybe out of fatigue, the Israelites do poorly in battle. What is Moses really doing here? He's raising his hands up in prayer. He is praying to God. And in doing so, God is present to the Israelites. That's why the Israelites do well in battle. Moses must persist. Now, take this to our mass. We do the exact same thing. Moses realized he is the leader of the Israelite people. And as long as he has raised his hands up in prayer, God is with the people. And they are strong because of that. Well, at Mass, the priest is the presider, the leader of the Mass. How does he pray? Always with his arms lifted up, like Moses. Great example of this. Watch your priest as he consecrates the bread and the wine into the body and blood of Jesus Christ, as he prays what we call the Eucharistic prayer. Where are his hands? They're not at his side. No, his hands are raised up. The significance here is we recognize that God is with us here at the Mass, just like he was with the Israelites. So we must always be people of prayer. We must recognize that when we pray, we are reminded of God's presence in our lives. And that presence gives us strength, the strength to overcome any battle or any challenge we may have in our life. And sometimes we do fight battles in our life, not real ones, but figuratively. Maybe the battles come in different forms, poor health, poor relationships, maybe battles at work or in the neighborhood. Nonetheless, we fight those from time to time. Well, the presence of God through prayer gives us strength to overcome those challenges. More to it, look at this person, Amalek. What does he truly symbolize? Well, everything that is against God. Now, what are the things that are against God in our present day? Hatred, prejudice, violence, self-absorption, the inflated ego, Those are all powers arrayed against God. Now, notice Moses' command to Joshua, go out and engage them. Well, they do just that. And as long as Moses has his arms raised in prayer, the Israelites are successful against those things that are arrayed against God. Well, so too must us. We must be a people of prayer, and we must engage those things that are against God in our society, and in our culture. How best to do it? Through prayer. Through prayer, we recognize the presence of God in our life, and we draw strength from that. Now, that's a great segue into the gospel. Notice how it begins. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. Several weeks ago, I preached to you a homily about four aspects that will make your prayer more effective. That was to pray with faith, to pray with forgiveness, to pray always in Jesus' name, and to pray with persistence. Never give up. Now, when you pray, sometimes your prayer isn't answered right away. Well, that's okay. Pray 
for several days, several weeks, several months, several years. Don't give up. Remember what I taught you, St. Augustine. He says, during this time that we're waiting, that we're persisting in our prayer, God takes our heart and he stretches it and he pulls it and he tugs on it so that at the appropriate time when our prayer is answered, now our heart is expanded enough to receive all the grace and all the blessings of that answered prayer. And so this gospel is a great lesson in persistence. Just like Moses persisted in keeping his arms up in prayer, so too must we. Notice what also Jesus says. You know, pray always without becoming weary, without giving up. Well, that's not very hard. In fact, I would say it's rather easy to do. You can do it in so many different ways. You get up in the morning, and right now in autumn, we see the the beautiful colored trees, the leaves, a beautiful sunset or sunrise. We just say to the Lord, Lord, thank you for giving us this beautiful day. Well, you just prayed. Maybe you're driving in a terrible storm, whether it's rain or snow. You have a hard time driving, seeing. You finally pull into your driveway. You turn off the engine and you just say, Lord, thank you for getting me home safely. We just prayed. See, we can always be people of prayer, praying every day. Now, Jesus gives us this parable about this judge. Judges in the ancient world were always of stock character, good moral character, but not this judge. It says he doesn't fear God, nor does he respect any human being. Now, this reminds me of Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. It says, fear of the Lord is the start of obtaining wisdom, which means what? Fear of the Lord or love of the Lord is the start of obtaining wisdom from God. If we truly love the Lord, God will overwhelm us with his wisdom. Well, not so with this judge. He doesn't fear God. He has no religion and no scruples. Now, it says, a widow in that town used to come to him and say, render a just decision for me against my adversary. Now, notice the choice of characters that Jesus uses. He doesn't use another lawyer or a fisherman or a farmer. He uses a widow, which means he heightens the pressure on this judge. Realize, in the ancient world, this is a patriarchal society. The people that are most vulnerable in this society, orphans and widows because no one is there to care for them. Now, if we were that judge, our first inclination would be to help this vulnerable woman. But the judge doesn't. Now, it's interesting. It says she used to come to him. It's not that she comes to him every other day or once a week, but instead the Greek word that is used here is erkekto, which means she asks over and over and over again. She persisted. She never stopped asking, despite the obstacles that this judge put in his way. Now, what are some of the obstacles that are in our prayer life that prevent us from praying on a regular basis? Well, they can be a hectic life. You know, a person may say, you know, from the time I get up in the morning to the time I go to bed, I'm constantly on the go. I'm constantly running, running, running. I don't have time to pray. Another potential obstacle is we have a sense of dryness in our prayer. We've had this euphoric moment, maybe several weeks ago. You know, we felt the presence of God, this overwhelming presence or sensation of God as we were praying. 
But then we pray day after day, and we don't feel that anymore. Suddenly, after several weeks of dry and dull prayer, we give up. Or another obstacle in our prayer life. You know, we say to ourselves, the other night our family went out, the waitress brought the food over, the kids looked at me to lead prayer, like I always do at home, but I just didn't want to do it. I just didn't want to draw attention to ourselves. People were looking at us. I just felt uncomfortable, so we didn't pray. Well, that can't be for us. We must be people of prayer. And we can be very creative about it. You know, in the morning, when you're driving to work, you're all alone in the car. Well, turn off the radio. Now you're alone. Best time for you to pray, alone with God. I know families that when they bring their kids every morning to school, on their way, they pray the Hail Mary, the Our Father, and the Guardian Angel prayer to protect the kids throughout the day. I know people that get on their stationary bikes or their treadmills at home and they pray the rosary. We can be very creative in how we pray. The key is to pray. Finally, at the very end of the story, the judge says to himself, while it is true that I neither fear God nor respect any human being, because this widow keeps bothering me, I shall deliver a just decision for her, lest she finally come and strike me. Now, the Greek word that is used to strike me is hypasios, which means a black eye. This is what the judge is so afraid of, that this little, poor little old woman will curl up her fist and smack him right in the eye and give him a black eye. Now realize, this is a very prominent person in this city or town. If he walks around with a black eye and everybody knows who gave it to him, this poor little old lady, well, it's going to be a source of embarrassment for him. He'll never live it down. So what does he do? He renders a just decision for her. Now, you say, well, what does this all mean? Here's the message. If an unjust and a very callous judge can help a persistent widow, how much more will God help us? How much more will God come to our aid? How much more will God come to the aid of his prayerful children, who he loves very, very much? And he does, and he always will. The key, be persistent in prayer. Keep praying. Prayer reminds us of the presence of God in our life, and that presence gives us strength the strength to overcome any challenge we have in our life. And that's all that God wants of us. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.